When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by The Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal, handsome Aaron Airport, and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of June 25th, 2023, Aaron and I struggle to make sense of another weird week of life in Canada. We discuss the political brouhaha that surrounds Taylor Swift's Canadian snub. We're going to talk about the culture war that surrounds tipping. We'll break down the story of a $70 million uncollected lottery win that's about to expire. And we'll talk about a squatter in Windsor. Let's get into it. Handsome air and airport. It's a summer day here in weird old Canada. Oh, how, how is it in your oh, neck of the woods? It's warm. Uh, I'm upstairs for the first time, and I only come upstairs really uh, well once a day because the cat <laughs> the cat litter is up here, and so I come up once a day to just you know scoop and clean that. Oh, oh, is that? disgust you i just i played it through my mind it's very i think it's probably pretty unusual that someone keeps like has a top floor of their house just for maintaining the cat's like litter box that's weird the thing is is that downstairs uh the previous owners had converted the dining room into a bedroom because there was an elderly woman living here okay and she couldn't get up the stairs anymore so it went from what was a traditional three-bedroom home into a four-bedroom home okay so the movers couldn't get my because it was very narrow staircase because it's an older home so the movers could not get my bed up the stairs it wouldn't fit and so i said you know what they've been using the dining room as a bedroom i'll do the same until (laughs) i figure it out later so (laughs) so which is great because there's a bathroom off of the dining room okay so it gives me like an ensuite bathroom kind of situation. And I, yeah, I set up my bedroom in the dining room. So I have everything I need downstairs. So I really only come up to change the cat litter and record with you. Wow. Well, that's all fascinating. Uh, oh, yeah. But let's People move on to other definitely, things. <laughs> definitely going to keep listening to the show to see what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> What's new? What have you been up to? Has anything happened to you or happened to your community that you care to share? uh no you know it was it's been warm there's been we got whacked with some summer weather mm-hmm. i've been mowing in the in the in the torrential heat um so that's been because i have to mow every week right now because the grass grows so fast this time of year mm-hmm. so it's, uh, a, it's a real pain right and you have no choice uh you know what else has been a pain what i've been dealing with and what i've been dealing with is just fielding calls from guelph all week 
and a lot of last week as well. Since we did the episode mm -hmm. about Marty McFly, the Keep Canada Weird phone has been ringing off the, off the hook. I've been getting faxes. I've been getting emails. I checked my mailbox and I had actual mail in there. Mm -hmm. And so for anyone who's listening for the very first time, this is their first episode they've ever listened to. Marty McFly is not just the character on Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. It is a DJ dad from Guelph, Ontario, who takes his infant in a stroller down peaceful trails, uh, calling himself DJ dad, DJ Marty McFly, and blares his house dance music on these picturesque beautiful pristine peaceful walking trails we covered him two weeks ago maybe um and i think what has happened since then behind the scenes is people within guelph uh, i i think they saw a guelph based story get profiled on a show as large as this and they thought like is it uh, do we want our town to be represented this way on an international stage like Keep Canada Weird? And there's been this sort of like civil uprising, a resistance. Mm -hmm. uh, one member of the resistance uh, wants to wants me to air a message they just sent in. This will give a sense of what's going on on the ground in Guelph. Yeah, which we need. Hi, Nighttime Podcast. This is uh, Coulter calling from Guelph. Uh, I just listened to Keep Canada Weird and the new story about the DJing father who goes by DJ Marty McFly and I just wanted to say that he really doesn't represent our city well and and uh, Mr. Airport if you ever want to come down to, to Guelph if you're ever in the area I'll, I'll personally chaperone a walk with you and, and, and I'll provide some noise cancelling headphones um, you know that this guy really uh, he really doesn't do justice to the good name of, of Michael J. Fox a fellow Canadian and I'm just really sorry that you had to hear that. Uh, yeah. That being said, um, I have been slightly inspired by that news story, and uh, I've started DJing at grocery stores, pushing my my DJ equipment around in my shopping cart. And uh, yeah, so if you see me say hi, uh, I go by DJ Doc Brown. So uh, DJ Doc <laughs> Brown signing off. <laughs> um, you know how I said like all of Guelph was upset about it. Yeah, that's an exaggeration. It was. I think it may just be. I think his name was Colton, but I, I enjoyed that. Well, his name is now DJ Doc Brown. But uh, you know, uh, Doc, I, I just, I'm not ready to go to Guelph yet. <laughs> I have to be honest. Um, it'll be years before I'm ready to trust Guelph again. Um, but I'm glad that you're pounding the pavement trying to make guelph great again that's <laughs> that's great yeah i think i'm not ready yet though i'm still scarred uh and i'm not going to go to guelph and i i i'll be happy to walk with you at any other part of the country though mm -hmm. yeah i think the with people are canceling headphones on <laughs> just in case i think the not talking to each other i think the people at guelph need to get the situation under control between before any of us anyone like us decides to choose that town mm. or city or whatever it is, is a place to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's enough for Guelph. That's enough for catching up on past stories. We have a mission. We have a mandate to fulfill. And that mission and mandate is to keep Canada weird by highlighting the week's weirdest, sometimes wonderful, and always unusual Canadian stories. Uh, this week, we got a good one. We're going to be discussing death to tips. We're going to talk about an uncollected lottery win. 
we're going to hear about some people who are squatting in Windsor. And then we're going to hear about why the mission to get Taylor Swift to Canada has become a political brouhaha. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to put it. Where do you want to start with this? Uh, let's start. Should we start with Tay Tay? Is that Taylor Swift? Is that who you're talking about? I call about? her Tay Tay. We should. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me just ask you, are you a Taylor Swift fan? I'm not sure if this surprises you or not, but I actually am. I am I too. actually, yeah, yeah. I really like Taylor Swift. Yeah, I have no problem with her at all. And I really like, no. uh, I don't know if we talked to her about this on the show before, but I liked when she had like an issue with her, I don't know if it was with her management or some company like bought the rights to her songs. So she just went and re-recorded and re-released all of her songs, mm -hmm, a bunch of her mm -hmm. songs. I thought that was a pretty like rock and roll move. I'm, I like that. Uh, and her music is great. It's she, I love it. Yeah. She seems to it's... always have a song that I'm like, that'll come on the radio. I'm like, okay, I like this song. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of songs of hers, not all of them, but a lot of them that I like. And uh, and yeah, I've got her in a, a number of my Spotify mixes that oh. I listen to on a regular basis. Um, What's a... Yeah, I legitimately enjoy Taylor Swift. So she has a new album out now. Is there like one of her new songs that you really dig? I know there's a couple that are on the radio. I haven't now. really listened to the new album yet, okay. to be honest. I've heard some of the singles. I enjoy them. You know, the, um, there's one about karma. And I really like that. She's kind of singing about like the character in the song kind of like is singing about how I've made good decisions and choices and as a result like i have positive karma and you know and that is kind of giving me you know that's going to pay dividends in life i guess so that those aren't the lyrics of the song but that's kind of the message uh i thought mm. i think that's a great tune um you really connect with that message yeah i feel like i've made some good decisions and i've earned some good karma in life and yeah so when i hear that song i'm like me too taylor you just want karma to hand you everything you just want to sit back do nothing and have karma and reap what i just sow. give you everything that you feel like you deserve okay it's not like that uh but yeah, well. here's the thing you and i both like taylor it seems like everyone else in the world does and taylor swift's latest tour which is called the eras tour is a huge deal it's i think it's probably the biggest like music tour on the go right now if taylor swift's tour comes to your city the economic boom and fallout that comes from that is just insane and as a result of that her latest tour which does not have any dates in canada has become a political matter in this country so listen to this news report and then we'll talk about it with her U.S. Eras Tour already well underway, Taylor Swift will begin the international portion in August. Recently announced stops include 18 countries, four different cities in the U.K. alone. But in Canada, not a single show. It's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. For fans, that's a problem. Not too happy about that. <laughs> It hurt my heart. There's got to be like a Vancouver, Toronto at least, right? Edmonton MP Matt Jenneru was swift to respond. He filed an official grievance with the House of Commons on behalf of all Swifties in Canada, asking for Swift and her team <laughs> to reconsider. I'm for it. You know what? Write the grievance. <laughs> you think it'll help? I doubt it. It does certainly feel like a snub. But music industry insider Alan Cross says there shouldn't be any bad blood. This doesn't make an awful lot of sense unless there were no venues available 
in the scheduling. In Jenneru's letter of grievance, he also claims Canadian shows could bring in $4.6 billion in economic spin-offs, though it's not clear what that estimate is based on. But when it comes to economics, maybe Canada should be careful what it wishes for. In Sweden, superstar Beyonce was blamed for an uptick in inflation when her tour dates increased demand for hotels and restaurants, driving up prices. For Canadian T-Swift fans, none of that really matters. Hopefully, you know, there's more tape dates to come. They're holding out hope the international superstar will change her tune and decide she belongs here. I don't know where they get the numbers, but I also saw an estimate that her tour going through, she just did an American tour and now the international tour is about to start where, which has Canada snubbed, but the American tour they're estimating has generated $5 billion for the American economy. Mm. Like that is insane amounts of money. I, I'm blown away by that. Actually. It's, it's unreal. Yeah, but she has like she's the biggest yeah. artist. So she plays. Every hotel's booked. Every bar is jam packed. Not to mention mm -hmm. the ticket sales and merchandise and airfare and rental car. Like anything you can imagine is affected by it. It's it's kind of wild. But I do love that uh, politicians are quick to get all upset. I saw, um, you know, the, the thing right now. It seems like I don't I don't even know if I want to go here. It's so controversial. But people are very quick to consider if justin trudeau is responsible for every single mm -hmm. problem i've seen people like accusing him of having a part to play and taylor swift not coming here. i can't see that being possible at all i could see taylor really liking justin trudeau and i imagine he likes her he has daughters He'd yeah probably yeah. love to take them yeah and they're but they're they're two beautiful people that should hang out i feel like taylor and justin trudeau yeah yeah i just yeah. see them together i just see them connecting uh, just basically, happen. you know, in, in a completely ignorant, uh, you know, point of view. But yeah, I, mm -hmm. I just see the two of them hanging out in a completely ignorant point of view, which is generally the point of view we look at things from. Oh, we are completely <laughs> ignorant on this show. That's why people love us. Yeah, it's true. And yeah, is. yeah, we're um, not above or below anybody. We're we're right there. We're, uh, the entire ignorant masses. Why is Taylor Swift not coming? What do you think it is really? Is it maybe oh, I they... just think it doesn't make economical sense for them to do it. If it made economical sense, they would have booked it. Yeah. That's... But I'm sure it's probably when they mapped out uh where they wanted to go and 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 how much they're going to bring in in revenue and then they looked at Canada and they said it's just not worth it for us. Yeah. And cuz really they could would only be a couple cities that could probably manage a concert of that size. Yeah, she's playing stadiums, right? And we don't have as many stadiums as there are in the United States. And and then they probably looked at the places they needed to go to, wanted to go to. And Canada just got kind of swept under the rug because it just doesn't make sense. They yeah. they would have come here if it made sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, uh... I don't I don't I have no ill will towards Tay Tay <laughs> and her production team and management or anybody who's responsible for this decision. I don't blame them. It's a business. It's a music business. Yeah. If the Canadian government was going to intervene and look out for the Swifties in some way, maybe they could offer like a tax break on airfare to England or maybe charter separate flights to England. Mm. She's playing four shows there. If the Canadians really need to see Taylor Swift this year, they can do it. And we could also just ignore this entire thing and, and forget about our 
first world problems about Taylor Swift not coming to Canada. Yeah. If, oh, if our government has the time to like discuss this or file a grievance on it, I guess that's pretty strong evidence that we're in a pretty good country. Yeah, let's just move on with our lives. Uh, wake up in the morning and go to work and love our families and just continue on breathing the air. Mm, uh, if the air quality is good in your city and if it's not then i find it hard to um live laugh and love here because of something that just recently happened to the two of us i don't know if you even know about this but of course keep canada weird we've spun off and it's now a standalone podcast series on apple podcasts um which has been a good and a bad thing it's been a great thing because it's attracted new listeners that aren't familiar with nighttime who have found the great work we're doing here on keep canada weird and have been able to tune in but i, I think a negative side of that is we've received um our first negative review apple mm -hmm. podcasts people can review and rate shows most not most we've we have at this point 72 ratings they're all five stars with the exception of one we just recently got that's a two-star rating uh it's a somebody named our town had some pretty sharp criticisms towards our show let's just address it right here they the the name of their review is weird that edmonton is not mentioned and here's what they mean by that a quick peruse of the episode titles reveals Toronto has been mentioned many times. Edmonton was not mentioned once. Typical. Mm. Typical of every weird news podcast out there in Canada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, isn't that a compliment, though, that, you know, if, if weird things aren't happening in Edmonton, then that's a compliment that your yes. town is not featured in a weird news uh, weekly roundup podcast. Yeah, I think if if this if our town is that Edmonton proud, I think they'd only have to listen to a couple episodes and be like, I think it's all right that Edmonton wasn't mentioned there. And we probably do mm -hmm. mention Edmonton. It's just I'm that sure we have. Yeah, the episode just, titles don't say the names of the places of every, and it also doesn't list every single story in that episode as well. It's kind of just kind of some of the highlights. But mm -hmm. oh, I'm sure we've dipped our toes into Edmonton a few times. Mm -hmm. um, you've received criticism before. You almost left the show. I saw this uh, negative review and I thought, you know, is Aaron going to want to cancel the show? I'm getting the impression here. You don't really care what our town thinks. Um, I 99% don't care what our town thinks. That's okay. right. Okay, good. If our town was a server at a restaurant that served uh, Apple podcast reviews, do you think you'd leave a tip? I always tip. Uh, it's. I think there was only one time in my life that I didn't tip because the service was so horrible. Okay. Before you tell me about it, that's actually I'm not, there's not much of a story there. It was just I'm waited so... forever and had not much attention paid to us. Okay. Well, the reason I even brought up tipping is because our next story is a it tipping is in the news here in Canada because there's a bit of a movement across the country to phase out tipping or at least to question. Should we be tipping people or should we be raising prices and paying them an appropriate salary? Uh, some parts of the world, they, they don't even tip. And that surprises me. I think England was one of them uh, in the UK. Like tipping was, I think it was in the UK. It was like unheard of. But listen to this and then we can we can talk about it. This is uh, this concerns a Kitchener restaurant that is no longer accepting tips. <laughs> Getting ready for a Friday opening day. 
Odd Duck Wine and Provisions in downtown Kitchener is taking a different approach to its service. The restaurant won't accept tips from customers. Instead, management is paying the staff of 10 above the regional living wage rate set at $19.95 an hour by the Ontario Living Wage Network. The biggest thing it comes down to is um, you know, psychological safety for our staff. We basically make up the difference to pay people by increasing the prices a little bit and better sourcing. The approach to the wages does result in a higher price for their items, but Odd Duck Wine and Provisions believes that customers will be willing to pay a higher price in order to have peace of mind. Knowing that uh, being on a set wage where you're actually making a thriving wage in the service industry is just a really rare opportunity to come by and it's really nice to actually experience it. According to industry watchers, restaurants have been encouraging higher tips and the no-tipping model may become more popular as a response to so-called tipflation. We often sort of mental do mental accounting where we separate the tip from, from the bill, but in the end, uh, what we pay to go out will be uh, approximately the same. It is an approach that Canadians are starting to get behind. An Angus Reid poll from earlier this year finds 59% of respondents support the model. The issue with the tipping scale is like it's inconsistent, right? I think it's degrading that people have to wait in my uh, generosity or how I feel at the moment to decide whether or not to get paid. I like this approach, but I will probably tip at that restaurant as well <laughs> because otherwise I would feel uncomfortable. So that's a better idea. Yeah, I guess the prices would be a bit higher. That's what they do in Europe in a lot of places. A U.S. survey from Bankrate this month found age can also be a factor in tipping. According to the poll, 83% of baby boomers leave a tip compared to 35% of Gen Zers. That might just be as much about uh, income as it is about generational things. So you told a story there, a, a, an abbreviated version of a story where you did not leave a tip one time because of... Uh, slow service or, or whatnot but uh, i'm that is telling me that you're a regular tipper mm -hmm. I, th I think my opinion on it though is a bit colored by the fact that i've never had a job that ha that had tips like i've never had oh, a job okay. where i was getting tips yeah. so but but i do understand that a, a, some industries it's like they're paid you know a minimum wage or slightly above it and you know the the tips are what make or break them but uh -huh. I feel bad for those people because I would want the the stability and the consistency of like a regular wage and a regular paycheck. It would be weird to have my rate that dependent on like people's generosity or, or you know, you know, that sort of thing. I think I would I'd rather the idea of transparency. You, you go in there and the, the price is what it is and everybody's getting paid enough and getting enough money to pay their bills or whatever. I, I don't know. I just. I feel like the whole experience would be better. I also don't like when people, when I go to a restaurant and I feel like they're really trying to chat me up, hoping I'll give them a tip and I can almost mm -hmm. see that they're like, they're a little awkward. I Sometimes it makes like Swiss chalet feel like a strip club when they're like flirting oh. with me or like chatting with me. Why? Because of those thighs. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah. It's because of the thigh. <laughs> What are you doing later tonight? And you know, what are you? Where are you guys from? You're from Halifax. <laughs> what like, are you I'm... doing later? They try to connect with me as a human being, and I just know they're digging for tips. You know, they always ask me what I'm doing later, where I'm from. Like, I'm from yeah, they're just friend. sometimes it's just it's just filling the air while 
you know, while you're paying or while you're maybe managing a transaction between them. Okay. And you just, and they're just trying to fill the air with conversation. Um, I've had several service jobs where I worked off for tips and I have to say, I'd prefer the tipping model over getting a higher wage. Cause hmm. I've, I, I've always felt like I made more money. Um, with under the tipping model and and i always really enjoyed this i mean this is years ago so not a lot of people tip with cash now but Mm. but back when i was serving or when i did serve it was mostly cash and it was great you just always had wads of cash on you and i never i never spent my paycheck my paycheck would just go into the bank and i generally just lived off of my tips now that was when cost of living was much lower mm. one question though uh for people who get tips do you pay taxes on that like do you do you're you supposed to-, to you're supposed to claim your tips so it's different depending on where you work so now establishments like chain restaurants like boston pizza for example their tips go through their payroll system so anything that gets tipped out it runs through payroll and is taxed at that point. And you so get it like on a paycheck or something? You get it on a paycheck oh, okay. and it's taxed. Okay. Now, smaller establishments or bars, uh, smaller restaurants, you're still kind of tipping a lot of these places the traditional way where at tax time, it's your responsibility as the server. You know, once you have your T4 up there, you know, that kind of has you paid in payroll, payroll taxes. However, you're supposed to then claim that you're a server and that here's how much you made in tips for the year. And then they will be taxed as well. Um, now some people are, some people don't claim them at all, but it's a bit of a red flag if you're a server and you're not claiming any tips. Um, so if you can kind of easily get caught that way. Some people kind of claim a conservative amount, so they don't claim all of it. Maybe they just claim half of it or 60% of it just to kind of save themselves a little bit. Um, depends on the person, depends on the restaurant, depends on where you live. Hmm. Do you think tips are ever going to die here in Canada? Or is it so ingrained in the culture of going out to restaurants and bars that or in service places? Because you tip your hairdresser and everything else. Do you think it's like, is it too late for that to die? I think if it's going to die, it's going to be another long while before it does. It's still quite ingrained in our society. And as long as everybody's making enough money to live comfortably and how they want, then I don't really care what model we go with. Just popped in my head. You told the story of one time you didn't tip. I just want to call out to listeners of this show. I'd love to hear about a time you didn't tip. If you want to tell Keep Canada Weird about the time you didn't tip and why, Go to nighttimepodcast.com, click on contact, and click on send a voice memo. Record a short memo and let us know about um, a time that you didn't tip and why. I think Aaron and I would both love to hear that. Would you Would you want to hear that sort of thing, Aaron? I would love to hear awful tipping stories, yeah. And then maybe we can revisit the topic of tipping. Well, I think the theme of this episode is financial stuff. We talked about Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift and the big money that Canada is missing out on by her not coming here. We're talking about whether or not tips should remain a part of Canadian society. 
But now I think we're going to cover one of the most important stories we've ever covered on this show. And the reason it's so important is because a listener of this show may have $70 million sitting in their pocket that they don't even know about. And the worst part is they only have until, oh my, they only have until Wednesday, the 28th of June to cash in that winning lottery ticket. And you know, the worst part is it takes a couple days to edit this episode. So this episode is probably going to come out the day after the deadline. Oh, sucks for that listener. Uh, We can't help. (laughs) We can't help. Listen to this. Uh, This is the story of a winning $70 million lotto max ticket that's been missing and unclaimed for nearly a year. On June 28th, the golden ticket will expire. Listen to this. A multi-million dollar mystery. $70 million. I know. It's a lot of money. You want to see? Nearly a year ago, someone struck Canada's Lotto Max jackpot. There's one problem. No one has turned up with the golden ticket, and the window to do so is quickly closing. One week from today, a $70 million Lotto Max ticket from the June 28, 2022 draw will expire. There's been other large prizes go unclaimed, 15 million once in BC, 5 million in Northern Ontario, though this jackpot is at a whole other level. This will set a new Canadian lottery history record. I really don't want that record to happen. Oh my God, that's so crazy. <laughs> the potential payday has sent some lotto players to troll in desperation for the missing millions. Yes, my husband told me about this ticket and to check everywhere to make sure I find it, but I didn't. No luck. No luck. The winning Lotto Max numbers were picked and purchased in Toronto. The Ontario Lottery and Gaming Corporation knows the exact location and a few other details. The last time there was any activity on the ticket was when it was purchased. People who think they may have lost the winning ticket can contact the OLG to answer a series of security questions, including where they bought the ticket. So far, 1,500 people have tried and failed. Potentially someone could have thrown away that ticket. And you never know. OLG spokesperson Tony Batonti has handed over $3 billion in winnings to Canadians. He now hopes to add to that total. And I live in a world of odds, randomness and chance. So I still think that there is a chance that someone's going to come forward and beat the odds. If claimed, it would tie the single largest lotto win in Canadian history. Adrian Gobriel, CTV News, Toronto. Oh, that's awful. 70 mm. million. Like someone probably bought that ticket and at a, you know, they went into a store to buy a can of, a bottle of pop and a bag of chips, bought a lottery ticket at the same time, got in their car and just threw the lottery ticket in, you know, the center console and it just disappeared. They cleaned out their car a month later and threw it away at a, you know, in a, in a bag of garbage. It's gone forever. 70 million yeah it's only awful though if they realize that they did have the winning ticket all of this time however it's already expired oh man that's only when it's truly awful if it just goes undeclared then and nobody knows who had the ticket no one's really going to be beating themselves up over that everyone's going to assume they didn't have the ticket Mm. and I see someone else saying. had it but if if somebody finds that ticket after the deadline uh, has come and gone and then they realize i was the person that had the ticket the entire time 
and it's expired. Could you imagine if you find it under your car seat like a month later and you know the lotto company they're not going to cat they're not going to give you the 70 million dollars and that's not mm. like 70 million they, of course that makes you rich but that's so much money that like your kids are rich and your kids kids probably still have that kind oh, of money. Oh that's family changing money not just your life your oh. family's lives change completely but that's also the kind of money that if you win 70 million dollars you have to leave. You can't stay where you are. You you get it and then you go somewhere and you hide for years. <laughs> Really? really? Why? Just because everyone's coming for you? Because you'll be hounded and you can't just live your life. Like mm -hmm. once everybody in the country knows you have $70 million all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you're going to get so your, your phone will never stop ringing. People will never stop hounding you. People will try to manipulate you. Like all of the worst will come out in everyone around you. Mm -hmm. and, and, it's, and it, it's that much money that you have to go you have to go and just start over as because it's one thing sorry to cut you off there it's one thing like if you win a hundred thousand dollars or even a million dollars like you can spend that pretty quickly you know i paid off my house i paid off my cars i gave to my family each took a chunk i gave to some charities i put a little away in savings it's all gone Right. So you can tell people that I don't have any to give you, but 70 million, you can't just say, oh, I, it's, it's all tied up. I can't, you know, you've got loads of it to, mm -hmm. to spare, mm -hmm. you know, what would, what would, so I'm guessing, I'm going to ask you what you would do if you won that kind of money. I'm thinking you would run off, like you said, but before you tell me what you would do or how you would do it, I, I think what I would do is I just like, move home to Cape Breton where I'm from. I'd buy a house, have it completely paid off, buy a vehicle, have it completely paid off, settle my parents, any debt my parents have. Uh, I'd have, and then I'd have the rest of it put away uh, in an investment. Like I don't, I just yeah. can't see that kind of money like changing me too much. Cause I still live now as if I'm dead broke and I'm slightly mm. above dead broke. I yeah. Don't, you never I, know until you get it though. You never know until you're truly there, I think. The I've things, never been there, so I can't speak from yeah. experience. However, I truly feel that you can't say what you would do until... Because your brain will start to work differently, I think, when the reality settles in that like, wow, I've got unlimited funds right now. <laughs> Nothing good. I would, but nothing good would come out of it for me. I know that much. No, no. That's it's, where I would go. I would just take off. I would take care of my family. I would take care of the ones close to me. I would give a ton to charity. I would make sure that I can live comfortably the rest of my life, mm. you know, and my family and, 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 and close friends and all those things. You wouldn't get any. No, thanks. Yeah. I'd buy you a new mic or something. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, you idiot. Here you mic. go. It's just one of those $130 podcasting kits, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like a mic and a ring light. Yeah, a yeah, stand. yeah. A little cell phone holder thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, whoever has this ticket, I pray that you find it before the 28th. And if you don't, I pray to God, to the gods, that you never find it and never know. And I hope that if there is like an afterlife, the afterlife doesn't start with someone to be like, I got to tell you like a secret <laughs> about something in your life that you don't know about.
So that'd, all, that'd also be pretty dark. Um, anyway, we got to talk about something. Uh, and uh, the theme is certainly going to be financial because our next story after the $70 million missing lottery ticket is another, another story that involves financial ruin in a way. Um, this in, this is the story of a Windsor landlord who is beyond frustrated and unsure where to turn after a squatter took up residence in the rental unit. Now we've heard a lot of stories, you know, you only got to read the news to hear the stories of like a tenant gone wrong and the landlord's trying to get them out and it's this uphill battle to evict them. But I think this story of something that's playing out in Windsor, Ontario right now is just, you know, next level. Listen to this. Christian Neal is at his wits end. I've never felt so powerless in my entire life. That's because his upstairs tenant stopped paying rent. I've never had an issue with tenants upstairs. I've never had an eviction over 19 years. Uh, this is my first. But Neil says when he initiated paperwork through the landlord tenant board, his legal tenant skipped town. If she would have handed me the keys, this wouldn't be an issue and it would be over. But because she handed the keys, to this gentleman, now he's a squatter. That squatter is Jacob Riom, who recently testified in a trial where three men were put away for life for murder. The gentleman upstairs is a known and admitted on public record drug dealer in the past, and that threatens the safety of the neighborhood. According to Neil, over the past few months, he's never paid rent. He's not on the tenant agreement and lives in squalor. Landlord inspection. A quick trip through the upper unit today with proper notice and permission shows the state of the unit, full of debris and refuse, alterations and makeshift doors where they shouldn't be, paraphernalia, graffiti, and extensive damage. I work every day to maintain it and to keep it that way, uh, to pay the bills, to maintain the property, and now someone's simply destroying it because they can. And there's simply nothing that I can do. What makes matters worse, Neil's mother lives in the downstairs unit and says she hears construction, fights and noise at all hours of the night. Oh, my blood pressure's through the roof. I've been in tears the last three days. Oh yeah, no sleep. If I could see a light at the end of the tunnel where I knew, okay, by then they'll be gone, I'm okay. But that's not what's going on. Neil has called 311 to get a fire inspection. He's called police. He's filed eviction for non-payment paperwork with the landlord tenant board. Now. He waits. When you file your paperwork, it says right on it, it will take seven to eight months to process. And that's just the first step to process. The Landlord-Tenant Board website indicates the waiting period for hearings has dropped to five months. Neil's paralegal estimates the case won't be heard until the fall. My hands are tied and it's very frustrating and, and a great financial strain and bear. We have to simply grit our teeth every day and continue to pay for them to live there while our own lives and mental health suffer. It's a terrible story. I, it just seems like there, there must be some answer to that issue because the person who's squatting, it's not even his tenant. No. He was about to evict his tenant and rather than leave, well, I guess his tenant did leave, but after the tenant left, they gave the keys to just like a friend or whatever. And now it's that person that's in there. So I don't, I don't see where the eviction part even comes in at this point. I thought squatters' rights was always just a, a phrase or something that didn't really hold any weight in the court of law, but apparently it does. Apparently there's nothing this landlord can do to get rid of this squatter who, like you say, wasn't on the lease, wasn't the person who was renting the apartment. 
the other person leaves, wasn't yeah. paying their rent, hands the keys to this guy. He <laughs> and, moves in and, and there's nothing the landlord yeah. can do. And if there is anything they, that he can do, it's going to take, you know, six months or whatever it is before anyone even looks at his documents. So he's up to his neck in like bureaucracy to even get this issue looked at. Meanwhile, uh -huh. his aging mother is downstairs. To make matters worse, the guy squatting upstairs is, was already in the news for like being involved in this like double murder or whatever it was. Like, man, this is a nightmare. <laughs> and oh, it's unreal. For, for people who are watching or who are listening and not watching, the part of the news clip where they did like the inspection, they walked in the guys in the ho in the apartment that the guy's squatting in. They have a little bit of footage around the apartment, and one of the things that you see on the ground is like when you go in a public bathroom, there's that yellow bin that you like put needles in if you need to use a needle in the bathroom or something. One of those are just like laying on the floor. Like that's mm -hmm. horrible, horrifying stuff. Graffiti on the walls. I don't think I'd be able to contain myself. I'd have to, sh I don't know, like shut off the power and the water. But then again, they just trash. But your then house. they're probably not allowed to do that. Yeah, you'll He's end up probably not allowed to, to turn the power off. He's not allowed oh. to kick the person out. He's not allowed to do any of these it's things brutal. that you think you'd be able to do owning the property. And mm. this not even being the person that signed the lease that you were renting the apartment to. Yeah, and they're never, you're not going to get a cent out of them. So, like the landlord say, says, like, I just got to like grin and bear it and pay for this person to squat upstairs. And it'd be like the equivalent of someone breaking into your house and you're there sitting on your couch as they break in and you have no choice but to help them like collect stuff bring it out to their mm. car and you know you got to like hold the door open for them and really take good care of them and then hopefully in six to eight months they'll bring your stuff back damaged had, yeah yeah and i had no idea this was an option for all of us like yeah. well, you and i can do this <laughs> yeah. like i can go to your house you know and just, uh, just I'll find a bedroom. I'll set my stuff up in there. Shut the and door. And I won't leave. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be like, I, when I tell you to go, you're like, you're going to have to file the paperwork. Yeah. You, file like, the paperwork, a... you go through the proper channels and then have the authorities get involved. Sure. But in the meantime, I'm living here rent free. <laughs> yeah. I feel horrible for this landlord. I can't imagine how frustrating it must be. Like if, you know, if, if you've ever had something stolen from you or someone damage your property and like get away with it, it's just like a horrible punch in the gut feeling to have this go on for this long, to have your mom living downstairs almost in tears all weekend. That's brutal. I, I feel for this guy and I, I, maybe it's a wake up call for the tenancy board or whatever in that city, but something's mm -hmm. got to give. That's just not right in any sh way, shape or form. No, it's not like, I understand that renters need to have rights because to make sure that landlords aren't taking advantage of them, but we still need to give some rights to the landlord as well, who owns a property, who collects rent off of the property, who nothing is ha none of that is happening in this case there's no rent being exchanged the landlord has no rights whatsoever and someone who just walked into the place has all of the control jeez um this is going to be this story has some similarities in a way to our next story so i'm going to use this as a as a segue to our final story of the episode and this is going to be i guess a canadian crime crime in canada segment because this does involve 
the accused in a high-profile Toronto murder. He's uh, he's in prison now or jail awaiting trial, um, but he's uh, his time in jail is obviously different than what is uh, normal and what is acceptable. Uh, before being accused uh, and charged with with a murder in Toronto. Um, the person respond. The man at the center of the story was a uh, up and coming rapper who goes by the name of Top Five. Well, his um, time in jail doesn't seem to be slowing down his career. He just somehow released a new music video that I don't know how he was able to do it, but he filmed it in prison in Toronto. Listen to this story. Facts, man. You wanna know some facts? A music video filmed partially inside an Ontario jail. The man in orange is rapper Top 5, real name Hassan Ali. He's awaiting trial for first-degree murder. In this newly released song, Ali mentions violence. It was January 2021. A 20-year-old man was gunned down entering the parking garage at his North York apartment. Police said Hashim Omar Hashi didn't appear to have any ties to crime. Those who loved him say he had a beautiful soul and a bright future. The music video is eyebrow-raising for this former homicide detective. I think it's rather embarrassing for, uh, for, the, for the corrections people at, the, at that facility, but they'll be looking into it to try and find out uh, just how he got that in. In a statement, a spokesperson for Ontario Solicitor General writes in part, the ministry is aware of an unacceptable incident involving a video posted online that appears to contain images of secure areas of the Maplehurst Correctional Complex. The ministry has launched a full investigation into this incident and appropriate action will be taken. Mark Mendelson says contraband cell phones aren't uncommon and have a lot of value behind bars to link to the world beyond the prison gates. But I can't think of uh, any particular time where somebody's actually gone out of their way in custody um, to film the video and then to have the audacity to publish it. The fact that Ali is in provincial prison before trial, not serving a sentence in a federal facility, might be a factor. In the provincial jails, there are scores of prisoners going in and out every day. They're getting bail or they're going to court and they're coming back to the facility again. So there's lots of prisoner transport. And that may be one of the ways that, uh, you know, that this item was smuggled in. But Mendelssohn says contraband can come in with visitors through staff, even be dropped over a fence by drone. Mendelssohn doesn't expect Ali's lawyer is too pleased with his cell block cell recording, but he thinks it's too soon to tell if it'll have any impact at his eventual trial. Before I like hit play on that video, when I read the article, the song was in reality was exactly what I pictured in my mind. Why is that oh, kind of? It? It's it's always so bad. Like when you hear of like wow. amateur music musicians doing weird, crazy things, it's always awful. I thought his song was awful. Uh, I think <laughs> releasing this song from prison while awaiting trial oh man what a bad idea like at, at least what it's going to do is just make them watch him like a hawk and at most it's going to be used against him as you know evidence that the guy's unhinged yeah it's not gonna look good i doubt his lawyer was recommending that he shoot a a music video to the song while he's awaiting <laughs> trial in prison yeah and it was it's kind of like uh it's some of the con the themes in the song as well were about uh -huh. gun were about gun violence so
yeah, it's not going to look good when when he's on trial. It's yeah, it's a well. You and how did how did this how did this? I guess they they tried to explain it a little bit. You know, contraband, cell phones, and because mm-hmm. he's waiting. There's tr- got to be somebody else on the outside. He's communicating with to edit this and put it together, or is he doing that all on? Oh the phone? no, no. He, like how is it happening? When you see the video, I went and watched the video. Don't really recommend it for anyone. There's some segments of the video where it's him, like obviously in prison, and he's like singing, lip syncing to the camera. But then it will cut to scenes of like a bunch of people in like a nightclub dancing and this sort of mm-hmm. thing. So it's obviously uh, someone on the outside m- somehow got him a cell phone to record his se- his segments and then in he the prison to that person. Got the phone, yeah. He got either the phone back or the files back or whatever, and edited it all into one video. But they say in that news clip that this this isn't like he hasn't been convicted yet, so he's not at like a federal prison. He's in like a sort of a jail where there's a lot more people coming and going. The security, I guess, wouldn't be as high just because of that fact. So maybe mm. it's not as hard to get stuff in. But we, um, as Keep Canada Weird um, professionals, we've covered a lot of stories where. Yes. We've heard of people using pigeons to sneak the things into prisons. The pigeon story was We've, the first thing that popped into my mind. Yeah, yeah they did it after the pigeon. We also heard about the drone, right? They dropped yeah, like a drone yeah, dropping yeah. drugs into jail. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's getting stuff in and out of prisons is big business. It is, yeah. But like you say, a provincial jail, um, they're coming and going a lot. I grew up next to a provincial jail, a correctional center that was really? in my back. Yeah. Um, the correctional center in uh sydney Mm -hmm. is yeah it's right it was right in behind my house i had no idea but now that i Mm. think of it yes it is yeah it is i mean when i say right in behind i mean not literally but well if someone snuck out probably um, uh, have to walk through i'd say about a five minute walk into the woods yeah oh that's kind of freaky did that ever scare you a couple times there were they were you know, breakouts and, and the police would come to everybody's door in the area and saying, Hey, some prisoners have escaped and you, and you'd hear the siren and everything. And you knew you had to lock your doors and, Whoa. um, yeah, yeah, that happened. Not a lot. Um, and I was never concerned about it because I knew they weren't going to hang around in the general vicinity. Yeah. I knew if they were going to escape, they were going to try and get as far away as possible. Yeah, so I never really was concerned about take it. Take your car and get out of there. What the hell do they want to hang around your house for? Yeah. But my neighbor did have one of them one time show up to use the phone. She didn't know that <laughs> they were a prisoner and they showed up and said, Hey, can I use your phone? And they called a cab. <laughs> what yeah. an amazing getaway. Hey, if it works, it works. Yeah, good, good on them, I guess. Yeah. Um. So, top five, uh, probably not in your top five ideas to release a music video to a crappy song from jail while awaiting trial for a murder. The murder victim's family must be devastated by this. Uh, I feel for them. Me too. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's troubling. Let's wrap this up, Aaron. But before we do. I called out to listeners to share with us stories about a time they didn't tip and why not. Anything you want to hear from listeners about? Actually, yes, there is. Okay. 
Today, I was driving down what we call fast food lane. Not mm-hmm. today, sorry, yesterday. Yesterday, you know, Welton Street in uh, Sydney. We call know. it Hamburger Hill because at the top yeah. of the hill, there's like three burger joints all on Yeah, it's spot. Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King. You know, there's a couple of Tim Hortons. There used to be a Harvey's. It's no longer there, but it's a strip of fast food joints. Mm-hmm. And so I was driving up there yesterday and I saw a new sign for Tim Hortons. Okay. So the Tim Hortons on Welton Street in Sydney had a new sign that was just up on the pole. It was a maple leaf, a big red maple leaf with oh. just Tim's in the center of it. Just the it word just Tim's. said just the word Tim's. Whoa. So I Googled it today and I was kind of wondering, is this happening everywhere? And I and I only saw, you know one or two pictures of it online um and i'm just wondering is tim slowly trying to make a transition from tim hortons to just tim's officially and are they are they slowly not right away but slowly trying to integrate these new signs and then eventually drop the Hortons part of it. Whoa. To have yeah. it just be Tim's. So I'm wondering, are other people seeing these newer signs? It's a red maple leaf with Tim's in the middle. And are they popping up a lot? Yeah, this so, is breaking news that we're covering now. So we're just learning about this now with Aaron telling us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd like to hear from other Canadians if they've seen this, maybe in some parts of the country, it's been going for a while, or perhaps it's just something they're testing and they're like, let's test it in Cape Breton. See if the people yeah, rise yeah. up. I did see one, a picture of one in Toronto, but nobody was talking about the new sign. They still have Tim Hortons on the actual building. This is like the pole sign that's like at the front of the entrance, essentially. The first thing you see when you're driving by, really. Are you talking like if it was McDonald's, the big arch, the golden yeah, arch? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's, like it's like the big arch, yeah. Okay. Um, and so this is a theory I have. I have no evidence to, to prove this, but this is a theory I have where I think they want to slowly get rid of Hortons and just be called Tim's. Mm. I'm shocked. I'm looking online. There's people aren't discussing this yet. So yeah, we're breaking it here first. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's let's right. let's hit the ground running on this. Yeah, I'd love to hear from some people with some uh, on the ground reporting from um, what's it called again? Mm-hmm. Uh, not consultants, but people who are like reporting news but don't like work for the news space. Oh, like freelance uh, journalists, um, you know. Uh, correspondence correspondence yeah. yes we need mm-hmm. some correspondence that can weigh in we from do yeah local correspondence to weigh in on this and we know what you're up to tim's we know what you're up to mm-hmm. yeah you ain't tricking us all no. right well let's put a bow on this aaron it's been a blast i think we did it we've highlighted the week's weirdest canadian stories we think taylor swift should come to canada but we kind of understand why she isn't and we're not going to hold it against her uh, we have differing opinions on if tips should remain. We've shared our thoughts on that $70 million uncollected lottery win. We shared our thoughts on the Windsor squatter. And then I guess we would, I could say we rolled our eyes at top five, the jail rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, now we just need to wait for our correspondents across Canada to weigh in on why they're not tipping and what's up with the Tim Horton signs. Mm-hmm. But until then, Aaron, until next time, Aaron, uh um <laughs> I always start it. You start it this time. 
Until next time, Jordan. Uh, it's it's them. Oh no, sorry, forget it. See, it's oh, harder than it really... sounds. Yeah, yeah. I had like a Taylor Swift thing. I was gonna like change into like Tim lyrics, and then it got all jumbled in my head. Um, Can we re-edit this? Uh, yeah, come back. <laughs> okay, uh, Aaron. Until next time. Uh, check for lottery tickets uh, around your door uh, or around your car or the front door of your house. Inexplicably, it could be there. But I don't think you're at a high risk of being the winner because the winning ticket was sold in Scarborough. Yes. And Jordan, until next time, I promise I'll have a better until next time. Next time. Next time. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird. But let us also call out to you for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, let us know. We'd love to hear about it and include it in an upcoming episode. As well, if you want to give an opinion or feedback on any of the stories we've covered, we want to hear about that too. You can send us a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com contact or follow the link in the episode description. We both hope to hear from you. Now, before we part, let me give some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides this series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscriber to the premium feed. Alex, thank you for going premium. If anyone else would like to support the show, you can help out in a variety of ways. A premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month and not only helps fund the creation of the show, but it'll give you the episodes two days early, give them to you ad-free, and give you access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. If you're interested, you can go premium now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still support the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If anyone listening has any story ideas, wants to give feedback on the show, or would like to submit a question or comment to be aired and responded to in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. You know, is Aaron going to want to cancel the show? I'm getting the impression here you don't really care what our town thinks. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, what did you say? What? <laughs> I said you got I was like re- reading uh, something in the uh, in the chat as you were saying. Is that? Madeline Klein is, <laughs> ba- is is has Madeline interrupting you? I was like, I saw some activity in the in the chat, and you were talking, and I started to like focus on what people were saying, and then I just realized I'm like, I didn't pay attention to a word he just said. Okay, let me back up, please. I apologize. We were, it's very unprofessional. We received 